Blog Talk Radio. And I thought that 
I was maybe better able to compete side by side with with other artists. And at that point, I think I've decided that yes, this is what I want to do. The other issue that really helped that was my becoming semi-retired, which is even more recently. But once becoming semi-retired and having time and a little income to keep me going, I can spend much more time doing that. And so I've now definitely considered myself an artist, and that's what I spend most of my time doing. Well, let's talk a little bit about your art. You use the terms computer-evolved art and computer-evolved photography to describe much of your art. Can you define those terms for our audience? Okay. Well, I, I define my work as computer-evolved art, and I use photography as a subtitle when appropriate. Um, uh, but basically, computer-evolved art is an art form in which the photographer, the computer artist, the painter, or illustrator use the computer as a tool to cause the evolution of their work into unique works of art. And I, the reason I, I do this is because there are so many other terms going around and, and they're used by galleries and uh, individuals alike that tend not to define the type of art that I do or the type of art that many artists do or that, who use the computer. For instance, um, fractal art, which is basically mathematical computer art, or digital art, which is, a, which, is a, which is a general term that also includes video. So those who are, of us who are working in two dimensions this is not, we're in that category, but that's not specifically to what we're doing. And then there's computer art, which is um, used by everybody to define all types of art. But the, the, so I wanted to narrow that down to basically to what I was doing and what a number of artists do. do. Uh, in addition, computer art, digital art, factual art, all those terms imply that it's the computer who's responsible for the creation or the, or the or the creative development of the work, and mm-hmm. that sort of, in my opinion that sort of took away from the artist, so I came up with computer evolved art, so which, which is the process of the artist evolving. So there's something else involved besides the computer, and the computer then becomes just a tool. So in that in, in that situation, the artist may use pre-existing art, digital mm-hmm. photos, or scanned images. Uh, the artist may use images created by way of a computer program, which is then you're using Photoshop or something and you're making things, but the computer isn't doing it because the computer can't. You're doing it. Uh, and, and the artist may also use, and I, I definitely use a tablet, draw, a, a drawing tablet or, uh, to, to draw and paint images, and any, any combination of the, of, the, of the above. So I think that that's, that's what uh, computer-evolved art is. And it pays homage to the artist by by attempting to define the computer as a tool used for the transformation of art. Well, that's very interesting, and I love the definition in your thought process uh, in using those terms. Tell the audience about the process you use in creating your art. Okay. Um, it starts. There's a number of there's a number of techniques I use. Well, as I, I talked about the scanning of images, mm-hmm. or or digital photography. So, for instance, I might uh, do a do a scene of a landscape, and I, a number of my images are I'm shooting them in, at at slower speeds than I should, so I get a lot of movement. And but what that gives me 
are textured backgrounds, unique textured backgrounds that normally might not stand up that well as a photograph alone, but, when, but, but then when I use other photography, other photographs, or, or drawings or paintings of my own, and I combine them together, then it gives me really strong images or, and, and with, with unique backgrounds. Um, I, I, as I said, I use a, a, a drawing tablet. Um, I use Photoshop, basically. Um, I use the filters when necessary, and, and quite often. Um, I, I think that's, that's pretty much the, 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 the technique that I use. I think that's pretty much it, yeah. Well, the technique, where do you get your inspiration, or, or how do you get your inspiration? I, I, my inspiration is it's, it's, it's self-motivation. You know, I, I like doing it. I like the completion. Uh, I, I, I like the, the ability to create something and then go back to it a year later and do something else to it. And making it brand new again, um, I find that um, you know, in 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 three three dimensional work on or on the non virtual world, when you create something, once you finish, that's pretty much it. Right. Uh, but but with the computer, I can go back and and I do this I do this all the time. I'll have a piece that I'll have a photograph I might have taken forty years ago. I'll take that photograph and I'll use it in something today. Or altered for today, or I may have something I did two years ago, and then by nineteen, by two thousand thirteen, I've done altered it for three or four times. So in essence, once I do that, what I find now is that my work, which at one time I was thinking about selling them numbered in a numbered series, mm-hmm. now I'm trying, to, I'm moving away from that because each time I do something or print something, I'll alter it. So it becomes a new work of art. So my inspiration is is the ability to do something new. That's 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 basically my, my inspiration. And um and, and 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 being new or doing something new is important to me. It's it's um yes that, that that's very important to me. I have something that I wrote which I think sort of defines what I mean when I say being new and helps define what I feel about creativity. But basically when I wrote this, it wasn't about art. It was about my personal life. It was about me growing within my personal life. So it's in, And it is an analogy, so you have to listen to it, think about it, and connect it to a number of things in life. Okay, I'm going to read this now. The title is Becoming New. This morning, I have decided that I do not know if I like cold, damp weather. So I will go out and the sense become new. Ignoring the concept ingrained in my head since childhood that cold, damp weather is uncomfortable. What will I find? Will this newness add adventure to my day? Stimulate my imagination? Add energy to my gait? Or even add sparkles of excitement to my eyes? Similar to what is often referred to as the innocence of a child? Or will it prove to be an imaginative period of freedom in which I can retake control and redefine who I am? Well, that's a very unique approach, Cecil. What was your thought process and how did you come up, I guess is what I'm trying to say, with, with that philosophy? Well, Basically, I found that 
when I did something different, I met with opposition by those who had already had established ideas of how things should be done. Right. And this and this was my way of not only not so much re, uh, disputing what they their opinions, but setting up in my head why I wanted to why I wanted not to follow those their, that that philosophy or that point of view. Mm-hmm. And I started looking at my childhood. I started looking at a number of things, and somehow the, the damp weather came up as a perfect example. I think it was, I think it was one New Year's Day. I think I looked out the window and it was damp and cold. And and it sort of hit me, um, you know, because I'm I'm always told when you when you're a child your parents say oh you know bundle up it's cold and damp outside now if it's cold and snowing they may tell you to bundle up but not with the same urgency as when it's damp and and, and that could be because the dampness can can maybe facilitate a cold faster than just the cold snow um, but in any case that's that's the impression I got coming up that cold damp weather was actually more it was it was more of a hindrance to one's health than other types of weather so um and so that the, and therefore the analogy was appropriate for me well that's very interesting and thank you for sharing that with us Cecil what artist do you believe your work is similar to well I don't think that there is I, I have no one I could compare my work to to say it's similar to. I can say people that I like and some artists who I may have even looked at their work and got inspiration, and that would be somebody like Oleg Dow, as O-L-E-G-D-O-U. I, I like some things he's doing. I'm actually working on a series now which was inspired by his work, but I find that it doesn't look like his work, but it is inspired <laughs> by him. And then there are people like Adam Muller, Luke Bafola, who's a, a good friend of mine. And I, more than saying my work is like his, my directions are strong, or were strongly influenced by him because he always supported me. He always gave me suggestions and and, and a frame of mind to look at my, my art and the, and the world at large in, in reference to my art. So I would say those two are the most influential. One in, well, you know, um, Oleg is not really influential, but I do like his art. It's somewhat similar. Well, Cecil, when you're creating your art, is there a particular message that you're trying to convey in your work? I've been asked that a number of times. Um, Sometimes, yes. Sometimes. And I think most artists, you know, they may say they, that this is their purpose, but sometimes you're just being creative. You're letting something come out. Now, when it starts to come out, you might start feeling a message or seeing a message, and that might change the direction of your art. But basically, I, I don't sit down and say, I mean, let's do uh, For instance, I'm in an exhibit at Mega Evers College now, uh, which is um, it's, uh, in honor of Dr. Martin Luther King. So I knew that they wanted something along those lines. I had to, I did something before based on his work, based on him, and I took that piece of work and incorporated it into a new piece, which was much larger and and more reflective of different aspects of his life. So in in that sense, I had a purpose. I have I do a series of work with mannequins, 
and I incorporate those mannequins into my artwork. Uh, and um, for instance, uh, just the other day, I, I had a painting that I've done years ago, and I brought it onto the computer, and I, for the third time, I altered that into something else. And then I incorporated one of the mannequin shots within it. So it say nude mannequin with feathers on her head within a garden, which I call banana garden, and not because there are bananas growing up, because part of the what's shooting out of the ground looks appear to be bananas, uh, which has a dark, rich uh, hue of reds and, and, and greens, and then the mannequin, which is pale, very pale, and, and, and in a feminine pose, nude, but with, yes, so... Um, that that type of stuff, and that's what I, that is computer evolved art. That's something that was evolved in the computer. Well, Cecil, I think this is a good point for a break, and when we come back, we'll uh, delve more into your actual art. Okay. I just want to remind our listeners that you can view and purchase Cecil Lee's artwork by going to contemporary.com, click on the artist tab, and then on Cecil's name. Contemporary Art Gallery Online is the number one source for showcasing tomorrow's or giant today. If you're an artist looking for gallery representation, please visit us at Contemporary Art Gallery Online and click on the membership tab and follow the prompts. If you're a designer, architect, or volume purchaser, please visit us and complete the volume purchaser's request form. Again, to view Cecil's stunning artwork, to re-listen to this interview, and of course purchase some of Cecil's wonderful art, please click on the artist tab and then on Cecil Lee's name. Well, Cecil, earlier you mentioned you were working on Girl and Flower, which I find very interesting. Tell us about that piece. Okay, well, um, Girl and Flower, actually, that was from the mannequin scene. I was going to the stores throughout New York and I was shooting them, but quite often I had to shoot from outside the window. So, in this particular store, this mannequin was inside and I looked at it, I really liked it, but I didn't, want, I, could, I didn't want it from the front. I wanted it from the back. So I had to go behind the, the mannequin to shoot it. Now, once I did that, of course, I'm not supposed to be in the store with the camera. They put me out, but I got the shot. I had two or three, and this is the one I liked the best. Um, so well, what this is, basically, once I, once I got the mannequin off the computer, I did some altering of the head just, just to give it a different feel. Uh, and then it sees facing sees within the image with her, there's there's a flower. It's electrical flowers, like the stems sticking out from from the electrical stems. But basically, what that is that and this is a secret. I don't, you know, I guess I can tell people because people may try it. But this is basically a shot on a highway, and oh, wow. the shot the shot is really a horizontal shot and when I'm shooting is I'm shooting at at slow speeds and, and with the red and the and the yellow and the white within the flower are mm-hmm. the black lights of cars as the as the car I'm in is moving and as they are moving it created that effect oh, so wow, I then used so so then I had I had a, a background image that you know I wasn't trying to create a flower but I saw a flower and 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 I knew and so I, I put the two of them together. 
But like you asked, what was the the motivation? The motivation was just trying to find a way to make things work together. I I, I wasn't trying to make a statement (coughs) per se with this piece, besides that when you talk about the mannequins of Metropolis, basically I'm saying that Metropolis or New York City has other citizens besides us who walk around all the day. All day, we we pass mannequins all the time. I mean, we see them. Sometimes we try to emulate them. Sometimes it's hard to decide if we are, if they are emulating us or we them, because we're wearing the clothes that they wear. Uh, and, and are they giving us ideas or are we suggesting ideas to them? But when and in the evening, when everything is dark and no one is around, what do they say to each other? What do they do? We don't know because we're not there. Well, and the other piece from that series that I found very interesting is Seductress. Tell us about that one, Cecil. Okay. Seductress was a, it's basically a, um, <clears throat> image of two mannequins without heads. And what I did is I, I took heads from other, other mannequins and I put them on their place. But what this image reflects is how how sex is used to sell. Because the, the mannequins are in the store, and I'm, you know I couldn't even tell what they. You can't tell what they're selling, except that there were little tags on the bottom, and they had little prices. So they may be selling a blouse, the, the blouse a woman is wearing, or the the shirt the, that the the male mannequin is wearing. Um, but basically, I'm I'm, I'm I'm talking about how sex sells and how people market it. And I gave it personality by adding head to, heads to the both of them. The woman's head is extra large. The man the man's head is extra small. And that's because she is the, the seductress, and she is in control. Right. That's very wonderful. I certainly enjoy that piece. Well, Cecil, what other art would you like to speak of that you created? Okay. Um, let's if we we could look at the lights in motion. And with the lights in motion, as you can see, uh, there is one which which I call flower, which is the one that that I used with the first mannequin that we talked about. That was a combining of the two. Um, mm-hmm. also, also, something that I really like. This is my favorite. It's um, it's titled "Slow Ascension." Again, this one was taking on highway. And there were cars in front of us, and I was shooting at slow speeds. But with the trails of light from the cars, with the, the skyline in, in the blue to white and the darkness of the road, one would never know where it derived from. But it has a feeling of, I would say, I, wouldn't, I don't want to necessarily say spiritual, but it has a feeling of upward, of, of, of ascension. It has a feeling of, of ascension with a positive aspect, um, and it's, it's, I'm trying to describe something that visually you have to see to to uh, be able to ascertain the real opinion of it. But that that's that's how I see that particular piece. So I mean, I, I work I work with a number of themes. I mean, I have a dance theme in which I um, you know have dancers who I've shot, and basically I shot them in 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 slower speeds. Uh, then so it shows the movement the dancer takes on the floor. So, for instance, if the dancer jumps from one point to the other, 
I have them in motion. Mm-hmm. And and that that's a common thing with my photography. Now, most of the dance series, I haven't altered them at, at all. That's basically the, the photograph as it, as it originally was. Well, so that's what we're starting to come towards the end of the show, and there's always a question I like to ask everyone that comes on, and do you have any advice for those artists just beginning their professional career? Hmm. Advice for the beginning artist. I think that to artists, to be, and, and I think beginning artists are the ones who, who, who want to become professional, ones that may have this problem, even before they want to become, because at first they may not even want to become because they're saying they want to be themselves. But the goal is to be yourself. But remember that you have to, you, you want to sell yourself to other people. So you have to find, without compromising yourself, a way to do what you want to do that will appeal to others. And in doing that, the other advice I would have is to learn how to present yourself to galleries, learn how to market yourself online and find resources. That's that's one of the most important things because regardless of how good your art is, if you can't get it out there, if you can't get people to want to show it, then it won't happen. If you do that and you stick to it, to it, you should be okay. Well, thank you, Cecil, for that advice. That is great advice for for all up and coming artists. Well, Cecil, would you like to, in closing, just share your philosophy on uh, evolved art? Yes, I have a closing statement. Um, I, I'm going to uh, read something from a, from a book of mine that I published a few years ago. Um, and it basically sums up my my philosophy. It talks about and well, I, I'll read it to you, and you as an audience can let me know or let me know by writing to me at um, by by going to the website and just sending a note to me um, at any time. I'd love to hear from you. Okay, so here we go. Um, in closing, my personal journey into computer evolved art was born from the need to ignore preconceived concepts of photography and and, and art, and in a sense become new, which I spoke about before. Society, in a way, defines what is and what is not art. This definition is based on and derived by when and if society becomes accustomed to a particular art form or style. Just Just as both Impressionism and Cubism first encountered general opposition, or lack of understanding from the art world, so does computer-evolved art. Digital art, or the more specific computer-evolved art, once thought of as a newfangled passing trend, is now becoming fully accepted as an art medium. I believe it will ultimately take its place in history as a fine art form originating in the, 20th, in the late 20th century. Well, thank you for sharing that with us, Cecil. I think... Uh... I think you are on to something there, and your art is very wonderful and unique. And I just want to thank you for joining us this morning on An Artist Speaks. My pleasure. And there is no doubt that we'll be hearing more from Cecil Lee as in the near future as his career continues to grow and flourish. And I also want to thank the listeners for being with us today. And again, to view Cecil's stunning artwork, to re-listen to this interview, and of course purchase some of Cecil's art, please click on the Artist tab and then on Cecil Lee's name. 
I would also like to inform everyone that Contemporary Art Gallery Online has launched a monthly art competition. To compete, go to contemporaryartgalleryonline.com and click on the Art Competition tab for additional information. If you're an artist looking for gallery representation, please visit us at contemporaryartgalleryonline.com and click on the Membership tab and follow the prompts. If you're a designer, architect, or volume purchaser, visit us at Contemporary Art Gallery Online and complete the volume purchaser's request form. An Artist Fix is currently airing every other Saturday, so we'll meet again in two weeks. Thank you for being with us today, and have a great rest of your weekend.